All right. All right. Time to go. Okay. All right. Thank you, everybody, for showing up. We appreciate the 300 of you being here tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's recording. Yeah. We're good. We're good. Okay. All right, so we are picking up on the um, patterns of life and community, all right? And tonight we're going to talk about men's and women's groups. Now, everyone here has been in men's and women's groups for years now. So there's only, uh, there's only so much that we can, I can probably cover that's going to be new to you, so I've made up a bunch of stuff. <laughs> And we're going we're gonna to roll with that. All right? uh, but first, I, I found this video um, online that kind of gives a different perspective on small groups that I thought we would check out first. So that was a joke, all right? But I, I, I do think it provides kind of a, a context within we can evaluate our own life within community of the small groups that we create. So while funny, um, a lot of groups out there are like that. Um, as I was reading through kind of the posts that were underneath this, people were, the comments were, 
you know, this is just like my group. This is what's happening in our church. This is actually encouraged in our church, things of that nature. So, so now let's just kind of go in and talking about how we do small groups. Now, we often talk about our way of life, and you're spending time during this particular set of talks on what this way of life looks like by examining the patterns of life that we implement so that we can have this common life within our community. And tonight, we're going to focus on small groups, but I'm going to try and put this into the broader context of, of community itself, and even more broadly within the context of God's divine plan, right? because I know that well. I'm going to pass a little of that along. Um, so let's, let's, start, let's start broadly. Um, there's absolutely nothing special about us. Okay? Let that sink in for a second. All right? um, each of us was born, we're going to live, and we're going to die. All right? Just like everybody else on this earth. That's it. You're welcome. <laughs> nothing like keeping it real. Um, but just like everybody else on this earth, Christ came to this world and died for each one of us. All right? So there's nothing special about us. We are each equally special to God. All right? And he sacrificed himself for each of us individually because of the individual love he has for each and every soul that he created. And the reason I raise this now is, is simply this. Uh, as you examine this way of life, you need to remember that this is a calling. It's a personal calling. God calls people. We don't. Um, and while God may have blessed us by giving us this particular calling and placing this way of life on our heart, we must accept this humbly. And remember, this calling does not somehow make us more special than any other soul to God. Uh, but we have been blessed. All right? Now, there is no doubt that God cares deeply for his creation. Uh, time and time again, he forgives us. Time and time again, he blesses us. Time and time again, he speaks to us. Through our very creation, we have a relationship with God that permeates our entire being and our entire existence. And at the very essence of our being is a drive to realize the fullness of this relationship with our creator. Now, though sin clouds this relationship through Christ and through the church, we receive a template. We receive guidance. We receive wisdom and knowledge that helps us to order our lives in such a way to grow deeper in this relationship with the Father. So it is God's plan for us that we know him, that we love him, that we follow him, that we serve him, and that we obtain the kingdom that he has prepared for us. And God has pledged himself to us, right? He has given us a new covenant through the life and death of his son, through the blood of the lamb. He has shown his commitment to us by the nails in his hands and his feet, by the thorns in his head, by the suffering that he endured on the cross. This was a pledge. This was a commitment born out of sacrifice, born out of service, born out of an example of love that is incomprehensible to us. And we need to continually look to the commitment of God to help us define what our commitment is, not just to God, but to our brothers and sisters, and what this commitment should look like. Our commitment to our Lord should be a commitment to seeking, knowing, loving, and serving him. It is a sacrifice of our worldly desires for the sake of serving our Lord and each other. And our commitment to our Lord should be an ordering of our life in virtue, prayer, and service, and a distancing of our lives from evil, from distractions, from bad habits, and immoral vices. 
And within the context of the heart of the Redeemer community, the patterns of life are simply the means, the template, to order our lives so that we can fully uh, fulfill this commitment to our Lord. And within this community, we are called to create an environment. Okay? Called to create an environment. One that's based on scriptures, one that's based on the teachings of the church, that's based on our understanding of what a healthy personal relationship is, based on an understanding of what our basic needs are as a human being made in the image and likeness of God. An environment that will help us to grow in holiness and that will help us to be strong men and women of God. That will help us to be witnesses to the true faith. That will help us to be bold in proclaiming the gospel message. That will help us to be faithful and supportive spouses. And that will help us to be fathers and mothers who know how to love our children well and build a family environment that fosters the faith. And our commitment to one another in creating this environment should reflect the commitment that we have to God. Now remember, while, while we are not special, we are each uniquely loved by God. And God is pouring out his love to those who are ignoring him just as much to those who are saints. Should then the environment that we create within Heart of the Redeemer also be a reflection of his great love? Are we pouring out our love to one another equally? Are we pouring out our love to our guests? The environment that we create makes a difference. It creates a culture that we build here within the community. And this is a reflection of who we are as a community. And this culture of our community flows in a very particular way from the commitment that we make and what we do in our small groups. For it is within the small group that we learn and we practice how to be in a committed personal relationship as a dedicated Christian disciple. Okay? So let's transition now for just a second. And now I want to, we've kind of set the stage for kind of where the small group fits. All right? Now I want to talk for just a minute on pastoral care. Okay, because the two go hand in hand. Now, past, pastoral care is a term that we hear all the time within the community life. And I want to first point out that if you are in the community, you're involved in pastoral care. All right? I think there might be some common misconception that in order to do pastoral care, you're going to be a coordinator, a senior leader, a small group leader. And that's not the case. Um, we are all involved in pastoral care to some extent. So what does this mean? Because it's something that we need to understand. Pastoral care is simply the help that we receive to live a dedicated Christian life as disciples on mission together, put in the context of of stable personal relationships. Let's break that down. Um, We are not in this life alone. Okay, we're in it together. But it is a life that requires us to unpack our personal baggage, to come to terms with who we are, and to confront our fears, our sins, to be transparent. It is a life that requires a lot of personal commitment to seeking the Lord. A pastoral means, if you look it up, of or relating to spiritual care or guidance. And care is the provision of what is necessary for the health, welfare, maintenance, and protection of someone or something. 
Uh, through our formation process, through our catechesis, through the teachings of the church and Christ, we learn our faith and we learn how to live this life. The do's and the don'ts, right, of Christian living. We learn what it means to be on the path and we have an obligation, a duty as a disciple to be there for our brothers and sisters who are walking with us on this path. Out of an obligation, this duty to walk with our brothers and sisters flows or from this, from this flows the care born out of love that we give, that we give as a servant of our brother and sister. So as we care for each other, what does it mean to live a dedicated Christian life? So this is a life of prayer, of devotion, and service to the Lord, a fostering of a relationship with the Lord, spending time with him, listening to him, drawing close to him, acknowledging our need for him, thanking him, praising him. This is a life where we follow the Lord daily, not just on occasion or when convenient to us. We need to know his laws, we need to know his teachings, morality, and implement them into our personal life, into the life of our family, in our relationship, and in our work, and this is not easy. This is a life where we strive to be virtuous, where we seek the fruits of the Holy Spirit, and all the graces that the Lord has for us. This isn't a life of simply looking at what is black and white, okay? Doing right, avoiding wrong, following the letter of the law. That's great, but that's not, that's not everything. This is a life where we are to become a certain kind of person, a certain person of character, a reflection of our Lord, not just as the lawgiver, but as the loving, merciful God. We all have gifts, we all have talents, but we should long to be defined by the character of the person that we are, not by the gifts that we simply have, and not by our talents. Okay? We should be defined by who we are, not what we can do. This is a life where we live out the duties of Christian discipleship and the responsibility of our state of life, knowing that living, living this out will make us look different from those around us. This, again is a challenge. This is a life where we live in true brotherhood and sisterhood with each other. We walk with each other in, in, in this life. That's, that's what we do in this community. We work and we strive to learn how to create stable personal relationships, relationships that draw us to live in the light, to hold each other accountable, to encourage, support, and advise, and when necessary, to challenge each other to stay on the true path. We walk on this path together, and as so long as we are walking on this path together, we have a duty, a responsibility to help each other to stay on the path and to keep moving forward. And this is where much of the pastoral care component of our shared life comes in, simply helping each other to stay on the path, all right? And moving forward in our relationship with the Lord to get closer to him and to find our way together to the kingdom. And as we walk with each other during this time, we get to know each other. And assuming that you are being transparent with your life, your brothers and sisters will know your struggles, will know those areas that are interfering with your relationship with the Lord, will be able to support and encourage you in times of need, to pray with you and for you, and to celebrate the work of the Lord in your life as you grow in your spiritual life, the good and the bad, 
But all of that, again, comes back to how transparent you are with your life to the group. And, and that plays into how you know, we, we, we benefit from these personal relationships by having some outside perspective into our life. Right? Of having people who have had the same struggles who can share their own experiences with us and that we can grow from and learn from. We all know it's always easier to see someone else's faults than it is your own. We hear this time and time again, but it's true. But what we benefit from within the context of this community is that this isn't just a Facebook situation scenario where you're posting something out there for everybody to see, but that's, that's it, right? It's not this virtual community that is so prevalent in these times, this virtual small group that exists out there with 550 people that you're sharing these little tidbits with because you're not, you're, there's, there's no one serving you in that regard. And you're not really serving anybody else by just simply post throwing stuff out there. Um, arguably, a lot of times you're just burdening them. <laughs> Hate to. Um, so we, have, we actually have brothers and sisters who are physically present in our lives um, to help us see issues that we may not appreciate on our own. And this is, this is necessary. So that gets us to uh, the small group, all right? To the, the place within our community where we learn and practice how to live out this life, how to care for one another, uh, how to grow and how to seek the Lord. And importantly, how to serve each other. And out of this service, we actually learn how to lead each other. Now, we all come here tonight. Uh, you've all been in groups. We all have certain experiences of small group. Um, some experiences are positive. Some are negative. Um, <laughs> there was one video I found as I was looking. Uh, you guys know that movie 300? Well, they, well, they had it like in, in one of the foreign language but they, they had it to, the, to this uh, you know, close, you know, captioning of, of a small group discussion. And the one guy's like walking, the main guy's walking in front of the groups and this one guy just starts screaming, why do we have to get up at eight in the morning? <laughs> so we all, have, we all have the things that we have to work through in, uh, in terms of small group. Yeah, well, they obviously were mad at eight o'clock, so. Yeah. Um, so what I, what I would like to do just for 10 minutes now, so that's what we have, we got 10 minutes, All right, is we're going to break up into quasi-small groups. If, you're, if you are a committed member, covenanted member, all right, I want you guys to be in a separate group. All right? Everyone else, just kind of, we can probably do, let's have, with that group, let's have three other groups. All right? So get four people. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. It can all be together. Um, and I just want you to focus on one question. And that's, we're not going to focus on the negative. We're going to say, what, what categorizes um, or characterizes a good small group? Okay? That's it. And I want you to, one person, I've got some pens and paper up here. Um, write down what these thoughts are. And then select one spokesperson who's going to come up here and just give a brief synopsis of what characterizes a small group to you guys. Okay? So we'll do that for about 10 minutes.
going to go first. All right. Okay, so just uh, take a couple minutes and give a little synopsis. Speak into the uh, microphone. Sweet. Okay, we have kind of a bullet, bullet pointed list, so I'm just going to go through it. Um, <laughs> being tr- trust, trusting one another, um, being vulnerable in your sharing of life, att- making sure you have regular attendance, Good snacks and hospitality. Um, um, having laughter within the group and not being serious all 100% of the time. Um, having time for prayer and worship. Being willing to challenge one another. Um, making sure that you connect outside of group and not only like in the times that you're together. Being accountable to one another outside of group. Um, making sure you have a group of the appropriate size. Not too big, not too little, so that you feel comfortable sharing. Um, a willingness to let everyone be in the state of life that they're in and really supporting people where they are at um, and not comparing like yourself to another person. So if you feel like you're going through less than someone else, not stepping back and still being willing to share. Um, willingness to ask for support whenever you're struggling, encouraging one another. Um, Christian charity, meaning that you genuinely care for one another. Um, Having a longevity within your group tends to help. Um, having consistent meetings, making sure that you stay on topic during discussion and don't just like have a lot of chit-chat. Um, being respectful and listening to one another. If you're going to have a specific kind of discussion, it's good to have that sent out ahead of time so that you can plan about that specific sharing topic. Um, coming prepared with what you want to share and honoring one another. John told me to start with a joke, but I'm not very funny, so. Um, All right. Uh, So, things that make uh, small groups good. Um, Being interested in the lives beyond just small group. So, like, keeping in touch and those kind of things. Um, uh, We also talked about, with that, like, having, like, a decent 
WhatsApp chat, like a good one. Like I tell you now, you're pretty solid. Uh, <laughs> vulnerability, your gifts are good in WhatsApp, by the way. Yeah. Um, uh, vulnerability, like real vulnerability. Like um, we were in a small group and a couple like immediately just like tore out their wounds and shared them. And it just immediately sets the stage for like being raw and vulnerable. And a lot of growth can come from that. Uh, showing up. That's kind of important. Um, uh, this was a really good one. We kind of talked about this for a little bit, but um, improvement. So like actually seeing visible steps towards God. So someone actually making progress. Um, accountability and like actual accountability and not just like coming and saying like, I'll keep you accountable, but not following up. So follow up with that. Uh, good snacks as well. Although we, we had a conversation about how women's group, they don't typically eat very much for some reason, but um, uh, I don't know why. Um, uh, generous with your time, so like uh, like a good balance between like being um, not only showing up timely but also like you know giving somebody enough time to share um, and not too much so but also being generous like if a brother or sister is having a hard time, so like actually just whatever like we 're going to go past ten thirty okay they need us right now like that 's important um, but like you know, having a good balance with that um, uh, a clear vision from the leader of sort of like what do, what do we want to do um, confidentiality that's sort of like table stakes um, I mean come on if you're not that's just not going to make a good group um, social and fun time so like we've been in a few groups where like we did a Christmas party or like just like not always just small group uh, so you can build a relationship outside a small group um, Somebody's going to have to help me with this one. Vac- oh, no. I know. Vacation. We said vacation from small group. But what we meant was not like vacation, not taking a break from the group. What we meant is like maybe it's not always you're going to share like the same thing. Like so like as an example, maybe the, the, the group itself is just steamed for that night around like let's just talk about the most difficult struggles we're having in our marriage tonight or something like that. Right? Oh, yeah, or, yeah, so, yes, so, traditions, or, like, so, we also talked about, like, um, routines, traditions, okay, so we also talked about, like, practical wisdom being shared, so not only, like, listening for sure, but, like, also practical wisdom, so we talked about for, like, newly married couples or parents of new kids, like, how do you get a kid to shut up and actually eat their food, like, that kind of stuff. Um, celebrating, so like being present and celebrating like the, the joys with other people. Um, prayer and fasting for each other outside of small group, so not just prayer at small group. Um, boldness to speak truth to a brother or a sister, like when they're struggling. Um, and then uh, also the last one, not comparing the current group you're in to another group that you've had previously. So our groups typically switch around quite a bit and so like just making sure that you're fully present in the group that you're at and not sort of like nostalgic back on a group before where you gonna go pretty redundant a lot of redundancy all right all right all right well thank you guys that was enlightening we're going to pack that one away. Because <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we're getting pretty close. All right, well, let, let me... Well, here, here's...
Here, here's where that comes in. So let me, I'm just going to highlight a few things. All right, and then we'll wrap this up. Um, so a, a, a small group, right, um, should truly demonstrate the love that we have for our brothers and sisters. All right, that's, that's the key. There's a lot of different groups out there. Uh, we're in work groups. We have, um, you know, study groups, all, all this other types of groups that we're familiar that we've grown up with. But this, this is different. This, the groups that we, the small groups we have in this community should be more familial. All right? They, these, these individuals are not just, um, not just a part of your life for a particular thing or a particular reason, but this is a, this is a whole life experience. Um, and, and looking at it in, in familial in that sense that you can't pick who you're with, and we do swap around a lot, but you're still investing in the same type of person, and that's a person going back to the character. All right, you're investing in the same type of person that's walking with you on the path, regardless if they're in your group this year or swapping around. And that's that's where it's family, and we're called to love every one of our brothers and sisters equally. Um, a small groups, in order to be effective, you have to be faithful. And when this came up, and I think that's a critical thing that everybody realizes, um, you're investing in relationships by being faithful. Um, if you're not there, you're not respecting everybody else's commitments, period. Um, and this hurts the entire group. Um, transparency is a huge one. Uh, as Pat said, um, the sooner a group can rip open those wounds and be transparent as a group, the more the blessings are going to flow. Some, it just takes longer, and that's okay. But you can take that step by learning and striving and trying to be more transparent um, in your own life. Um, and in being transparent, that also means being transparent by updating your brothers and your sisters, seeking advice when you need to, um, being open and vulnerable about the difficulties that you're encountering both individually and as couples. Um, a small group can't support you if they don't know what's going on. That's it. Um, Confidentiality is a huge one. The small groups have to be a safe place. We know a lot about safe places. This is where we can all agree we should have a safe place. Um, what comes up in the groups um, stays in the group. Uh, small groups are the best place, hands down, for accountability. Um, it came up in both things. If you have a goal, you have something to change in your life, if you desire uh, for deeper holiness, having that accountability within the small group can change, change your life. Um, it helps us to grow. And there's, I think there's something innate within our nature that, that pushes us away from wanting accountability. You know, we, we, don't, we don't want people to know our sins. We don't want them to know when, when we've fallen again, you know. Um, that's why, you know, there may be a desire for some to go to one confession, one priest one week, and then, you know, <laughs> go find a different one three days later because we don't, we don't want people to know what's going on with us. We want to bury it. But the reality is, um, being accountable, accountable to our small group uh, is a reflection, really, of our accountability and commitment to our Lord. Okay? Uh, he knows what's going on in our lives. We're not hiding anything. Uh, we're walking this path with each other, so let's take advantage of it. And the last thing, in particular, where you guys are at in the underway in your, is, is discernment. Um, during this time of your life, when you're looking at commit, the commitment that you know, is coming up for for community and your desire to be within it. This is the time to discern. This shouldn't be a thing that's off the table within the small groups. This is something you guys should be talking about. If you're not struggling and not talking about this and not thinking about your discernment of this way of life and not bringing that up in your small groups, then you need to. Um, because 
it, it's, it's great to be addressing the personal problems that you have and all that, but, but you're also in this time period of trying to hear God's call and discern this way of life. And that's what the small group is there for, to really dig deep on that and make sure that it's real and make sure that, that you're hearing God's voice. And so don't lose sight of, of this discernment time that you're in the underway um, to bring that to, um, to, the, to the front. Uh, so in summary, men, men and women's groups are a way to build up an environment of love in which every member of the community participates. Um, each of us comes with different gifts, different ministries, different roles within the community. But the most important thing we can do is to love and serve. And the primary place that we do this with each other is within our small groups and the pastoral care that flows from that. Um, each small group is a foundational component of the community, just like the family is the foundational cell of society and of the church. And we should devote that same effort to strengthening our small group relationships that we devote to our family life. Um, this means being committed, being present, learning to listen to each other well. Uh, and importantly, um, learning how to walk with somebody, um, to walk with them, to empathize with them, to not try and dominate their life or throw too much at them, but just to walk and be present in their life as they're struggling. Um, this, this kind of defines how well we learn to care for somebody. Um, we're real people. Right? We have real lives. We have real families. We're making real sacrifices to live out this life that we've chosen to live. And part of that is taking the commitment seriously. Um, so I would just encourage all of you to, to do that, to take these commitments seriously, just as you take the commitment um, to the Lord. Um, take seriously the commitment that the Lord has made to you. Okay. Right. I have one more video if we want to watch. One more video.